1: hello and welcome back to missing we are your guest hosts molina and chloe Cantor. so i'm sure you're thinking what is going on i want timmy and lancey i want those very handsome hardy boys to tell me about a missing persons case i'm really sorry They're coming back next week, and you could also subscribe to Crawl Space, another amazing show that those two very handsome boys host. That isn't coming from me. That's a quote from Patrick Hines. Shout out to Patrick Hines. Some people are just universally cute. It's just a thing, but you don't get the Tom Hardy boys. No, not Tom Hardy. You don't get the Hardy boys. You get the Nancy Drew twins. I don't know if there are female crime-fighting duos. There's Charlie's Angels, but that's a trio. So we're twin Nancy Drews. But yes, you'll get more of Tim and Lance soon. We're very excited to be here. This is an exciting opportunity for us. Uh, I actually met Tim and Lance because I was a fan of Missing. At the time, it was called Missing Maura Murray. I was a huge fan of the show, huge fan of them. I had the opportunity to meet them. We clicked and the rest is history. And now here we are hosting the show without them. We've just like replaced them. (laughs) I felt like such a, I don't know, like a a townie when I met them. I was like in the presence of celebrities. I I always say that when I first met them, when Chloe introduced me to them in New Hampshire, I was like, oh. So what Molina's referring to is we traveled to New Hampshire for, I believe it was the, I don't remember what year it was, but it was an anniversary event in Littleton, New Hampshire, that was hosted at the VFW by John Smith, who had put this amazing event together. The oxygen crew that was airing that documentary about Maura Murray, that docu-series, they were all there the night before that event. We all you know had dinner. And that was the first time that Melina had met Tim and Lance and she was a huge fan of them as well. So that was just so fun, Uh, a weekend to remember. What did we do after dinner? Well, I I think that we should talk about dinner as well before talking about after dinner because we were sitting like, I think I was sitting at the end because I'm shy and I think that you were sitting next to me, but you were sitting next to Art. And we both, it was already like we knew him because he, he was a familiar face because he's on the news and he's a consultant and he's an expert and he's very charming and very smart. So I spent my, most of my dinner talking to them. I had delicious pasta with mushrooms and then John Smith shows up and it's like I'm in an alternate universe <laughs> all of a sudden. Yeah, all of these voices that we've heard on podcasts were suddenly all together And it was the first time I had met John Smith too. I was very aware of who he was as someone who had worked as the private investigator for the Murray family for some time. He sat right next to me. We all hit it off pretty well. And after dinner, we, meaning me, Melina, Tim and Lance went to John Smith's house and hung out there pretty late into the night. I think it was just, it was a very memorable experience. That was the first time we all came together, and now we're hosting their show. So enough about enough about us. We should talk about the missing persons case that we're getting into today, and it is that of missing person Sophia McKenna. Sophia went missing on May 27th, 2018. She is missing at sea. She and her friend Spencer Mugford, who's 20, Sophia was 21 at the time, set sail on the Long Island Sound, taking a boat from the Yukon Avery Point campus where Spencer was once a student. It was a 14-foot sailboat without a mast. Spencer was an experienced fisherman. He and Sophia went fishing many times. In the early morning hours, the two of them set sail for Ledge Light Lighthouse in New London, Connecticut. It's a very notorious spot, an abandoned lighthouse that is rumored to be haunted. There's a Facebook group, dedicated to the legends of Ledge Light. For people that are interested in urban exploration, which is essentially abandoned sites exploration, this would be a very interesting destination. The two set sail. They recorded their journey on Snapchat, and they actually arrived to the spot as documented on Snapchat. They made it to the land at Ledge Light, snapped a photo of Sophia smiling in front of a concrete wall that said no trespassing. And that is their last trace on social media until about five minutes later. There was a set of calls made to Sophia's mother from Spencer's cell phone. So the obvious caller here is Sophia or it would be Sophia giving somebody. It has to come from Sophia nevertheless because it's on a phone that doesn't have her mother as a contact, she calls her like seven times in a row at like 2 a.m. And clearly, like if I were to look at my phone and see that my daughter called me a bunch of times at that time of night, I would be concerned. I would be thinking that she needed help. And that is indeed what Michelle believes now. Michelle is Sophia's mother. She believes that those calls are placed to get her attention, to wake her up, no messages were left which makes michelle think that those calls were placed to wake her up she wanted the ringtone to be played so that michelle would wake up it was not uncommon for sophia to call michelle for advice or for when she was seeking help this is the last trace it wasn't until june 8th when spencer mugford's body was found on the long island sound about 3 miles away from ledge light during the search for spencer and sophia Two other missing people were found in the waters of the Long Island Sound, but Sophia McKenna remains missing. And that kind of made us think among other circumstances going on in Sophia's life, that it might not be just this cut and dry, lost at sea, lost slash injured, missing situation that people kind of just can close the book on. I feel like that it might be a little bit more complex than that, because why why didn't they find her? when they found Spencer and two other people. We're obviously not professionals in search and rescue. I'm a graduate student in criminology. Molina's a registered nurse. So we have our areas of expertise that we can offer on our show, True Crime Twins, that if you're not subscribed to, we highly recommend that you are because that's where you can hear our multi-part series on Sophia McKenna and coverage on many other interesting cases. Search and Rescue is not our area. So we can't say for sure like how unlikely it is that Sophia's body would or wouldn't be found if it was out there. But it certainly is interesting that two missing people that were out boating, unrelated to the case were found. And Spencer's body was actually found by a good Samaritan. It wasn't even the police. He was, of course, recovered by authorities, but it was someone that was out there fishing, I believe, that found his body. All we know about the death of Spencer Mugford is that He was found on that date, June 8th, and that he was possibly or likely intoxicated, but no reports that we could find specified the manner of death. Not only the manner of death, the cause of death, pretty much any detail. About a year after Sophia went missing, Sophia and Spencer went missing, but Spencer, of course, had been found since then, the Connecticut State Police reached out to the media asking for leads, asking for the public's help in locating Sophia McKenna. Since then, it's been pretty quiet. They have responded to some media inquiries saying that they've actively investigated this case, that they've interviewed many related parties, but that's pretty much as much as they're willing to say. Sophia's own mother doesn't even know how Spencer died, the manner in which she died, She doesn't know certain details, such as the state of the boat, how they know they took that boat. There hasn't been an open line of communication that you would hope to see between law enforcement and family and just not much effort being made to bring attention to this case. So that's where we hope to come in. We have done a lot of research onto this case. We've spoken to people trying to glean more information We think one of our more important conversations to this point has been with Sophia's mother, Michelle. She's been through every parent's worst nightmare. I can't even imagine the trauma and the pain that she endures being without her beautiful, wonderful daughter that had potential ahead of her to have an independent life of her own and to grow out of some of the rebellious adventurous more adolescent behaviors that she was exhibiting maybe she would have gotten out of the abusive relationship she was in who knows what could have been ahead for Sophia McKenna had everything not come to a screeching halt on May 27th 2018 we'd like to share with you this conversation with Michelle just to learn more about Sophia and hear details of the story that you aren't going to hear from anyone else let's go ahead and run the interview is part two of our series on missing person Sophia McKenna, who disappeared on May 27th, 2018 on Ledge Light, which is a lighthouse on the Long Island Sound in Connecticut. For more background on this case, please listen to part one of our series. Today, we dive in deeper into Sophia's story with her mother, Michelle. Michelle McKenna tells us about Sophia's childhood, adult life, friendship with Spencer Mugford, who she disappeared with, and the dynamics of Sophia's abusive relationship with her boyfriend, Austin Perrow. Sophia McKenna's life, interrupted at 21, is complicated. In this episode, you will hear stories of intergenerational domestic violence, substance abuse, mental illness, and self-harm. Sophia is multifaceted, fierce, and loved. The purpose of this interview is to better understand Sophia and it should not be forgotten that Sophia was essentially an adolescent when she disappeared. Had she not gone missing, she would have had the opportunity to mature and grow like the rest of us did. I encourage listeners to have empathy towards Sophia and her mother and to also use discretion before continuing as these subjects may be triggering to some. Michelle started by describing Sophia's childhood and some of the struggles she faced.
2: She had a hard life growing up. Her dad was um, very emotionally abusive and he wasn't there. He kind of up our whole little life. It was really sad, you know, because I loved him, we stayed together, but um, Sophia was just, God, she was just just a heart of gold. She was just my little angel. Her dad, would always make fun of me in front of the kids because I suffered from depression. I put up with a lot of bullshit from their father and it really rubbed off on my children because he was definitely like bipolar, like bad. You think you know someone bad. He treated Sophia like <laughs> and then he would do the same thing to her that he did to me. She was a happy girl, but she had issues, you know, and she wasn't bad. And she was in a weird relationship and she was really unhappy in her high school, like towards her in her senior, senior year, because of she was bipolar. The doctor put her on medication and she was taking it, but then when she would talk to her dad, he would say to her, Oh, you're gonna be a pill popper just like your mother, always popping pills. He said that to me throughout our entire um, existence of like knowing each other we we met in 92 and there's like no rhyme nor reason for him to be so like blatantly against doctors and medications you know what i mean like i put up with his for so many years and i didn't realize how much it broke her down so he, he broke her down so she would hear from him that she's going to be cuckoo like her mother so sophia wouldn't take her pills and then she would take her pills. Her whole little life was beautiful. I just, I guess I just wish you can't go back. But um, I loved who she was regardless of what space rocket she was on one day to the next, you know? We were very close. She she never moved out up until um, shortly before she went missing and her young adult life was up and she was up mental illness is to some people a joke and her own father managed to um drill that in part of her head her dad started lashing out at her and I just I remember when cell phones were introduced. You know, the shit she would show me that her dad would send her. And I'm like, what is going on? He's been drinking. But even before all of that, Sophia had to witness that she should have never witnessed because of her father.
1: Besides her mother and father, Sophia has two younger siblings, Justin and Gracie. Sophia's mother sometimes calls Justin JJ and Gracie Shugs.
2: When she found out she was going to be a big sister,
1: she was
2: pissed she wasn't having it (laughs) and then big old chubby jj came into the world she loved him oh my gosh she loved him to death and (laughs) that never changed but as he got older as well as she did she used to beat the crap out of him when he was little I mean he ran away from home because they put her and her friends put ketchup on knives and scared him out of the house, and two nice old ladies picked him up at the end of the road coming home from church, for God's sakes. And then one of the neighbors brought him home, and I could have killed her that day. <laughs> but then she she would, like, let him drive her car, you know, as they got older. I mean, they always loved each other. But, like, oh, oh, when they, when J.J. was about, like, three, <laughs> they looked so much alike. So Sophie and her friend Kendall dressed J.J. up. And Kendall put makeup on my son Justin, a dress, and put a long blonde wig on him. And he wanted to go ride his Spider Man bike. And they said, Well, oh, go ahead, you have to ride it, but you had to do this first. And they made him ride around the block. And the little boys were running, riding away from him, saying, We can't, we're not going to play with you. Ew. And he came home crying and said, They won't play with me. <laughs> I could have killed her. Because they said, I look like a girl. He looked exactly like her. <laughs> When JJ was first born, Sophia was pissed that um, I had to go to the hospital because her her Nunu came over, her grandma from her dad's side. She didn't want to come to the hospital, and what well, was in the middle of the night too. She was pissed. Um, I remember my ex mother in law Sharon saying, "You better not come home yet." <laughs> oh God! And anyway, Sophia and Justin were thrilled to death when. I told them I was pregnant with Gracie. I, I, I was, like, afraid to tell them because I'm, like, they're going to think I'm this old fart. And they were so excited. And the day I had Gracie, Sophia, they had to bring in another bed for my 16-year-old daughter because she wasn't leaving. Like, I was her life, and she was mine. I was so blessed, and she was such a brat. Laying right next to me, eating my lunch, eating my dinner, <laughs> not getting up in the middle of the night to change a diaper, <laughs> bitching about <laughs> shit, wanting a, Michael, Gracie's dad at the time to go get her a Burger King or something like that. I'm like, oh, my God. And the nurses just waited on her because they knew her grandma was a nurse at the hospital before, you know, she was still alive at the time, so they all knew who Sophia McKenna was. In in one breath, she would hold her and touch her and hug her and love her. Then in the next breath, fries, what's Michael doing? We'll call him, we'll all call him. She'd make a big drama scene out
1: of everything. (laughs) Sophia struggled academically and emotionally in school. Her mental state worsened as she progressed through high school, particularly when her great-grandmother died. Despite this, Sophia had big dreams. She missed being a carefree child. But if she had to grow up, she wanted to be a nurse and a model. Oh, God, she was a blessing in
2: my life. She always just wanted us to be with her. Sophia never wanted to move, you know, like when my grandma died, Sophia really got depressed because um, she kind of felt lost in life and I wasn't there for her. I was helping my mom deal with the death of her mother. And that's when she started having trouble in high school and she had to go on the 504 plan she was going to pass or fail so I had to get her help you know because I was dyslexic I'm like maybe she's dyslexic too I don't know she wanted to be a nurse but she didn't want to go far away from Austin which she was still young at that age so I said we'll do whatever you want to do do it around here and She was afraid to, like, let go, spread her wings and fly. Having a little one to take care of, like, she wasn't my baby anymore. She always would say, Mom, I never want to grow up. Like, she started reverting back to acting childlike, and I should have taken it more seriously than I
1: did. Sophia and her mother were very close. Michelle said Sophia was like her little best friend. Sophia was six when her brother Justin was born. And until then, it was she and her mother against the world. While Sophia struggled with her behavior, she felt remorseful if she hurt her mother's feelings. Sophia wrote her mother beautiful letters, many with apologies and intentions to be better. She is my only writer, and
2: it's so overwhelmingly bittersweet because I read her letters and She's so beautiful, and I miss that. You know, I know my children love me. (laughs) There, sonny, huge and know, We're never used to be, and that's just the feeling of unconditional love, and existence, and respect. And like I said, she, we were together until she had to move out, and everything went downhill after that.
1: Sophia's life began to unravel after she moved out on her own. Things began to get worse in her dynamic with her boyfriend, Austin. Sophia's mother recalls how Sophia could be dramatic, but she knew the situation with Austin was serious.
2: A good friend of mine, Bernadette, she offered to rent um, herself and Sophia a place, Sophia was doing massages and that's when her Austin started just I don't even I don't, I don't know what to say, it started before that um, twisted cycle of, of craziness. And um, so Sophia would it, it she reminded me of of myself when I was younger and the shit I put up with her father. I knew when she was being dramatic and when she was being like overly dramatic like, When I was sick, when she turned 16, she called the police on me for my 40th birthday because there was no food at home and she wanted McDonald's. (laughs) So she told the police, she called 911 and they uh, called me at my birthday party. And um, yeah, so we had to go home. And um, when I got there, the state troopers were there looking through my cupboards um, because Sophia told them there was no food. And basically, she flipped out, went upstairs, ran in the bathroom, locked herself in with her
1: computer, cell phone, and she wouldn't talk to the police. Keep in mind, this situation occurred when Sophia was 16. Sophia's mother believed she had some attention-seeking tendencies and issues with impulsivity, which is consistent with this incident. We'll be
0: right back after a quick word from our sponsor. We took it all. that's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com.
2: And a thank you to our sponsors. Back to the program.
0: When Sophia moved out, she
1: worked as a massage therapist at Red Door Salon. There she met Spencer Mugford, a fisherman from Florida. The two had an immediate connection. I asked Michelle why she thought Sophia and Spencer were so close. The thrill
2: of it, that's why they got the tattoo. The thrill of it by Wiz Khalifa. The story behind that is Sophia called me the next day and said, Hey, Ma, or she texted me, Ma, you need to get this tattoo. And she (laughs) sent it to me. She said, "Um, and if Austin asks, we went together last night. I mean, she wasn't doing nothing wrong. And I'm just like, (laughs) OK. (laughs) so she's like all right yeah we're gonna go get that tattoo done right and i'm like yeah whenever you're ready and she's like oh i told austin who i was with and i'm like why the f*** would you hide it from him anyway like not to be mean i'm like you just like spencer he's like a dork you know and she's like no i know i know she goes i kind of might have misled him a little bit because of drinking i would honestly say i my life that they didn't, did not sleep together. She may have kissed him and she did. She had to break it to Spencer because she called me and asked me for advice. I said, Sophia, you need to just be yourself, be his friend. You have fun when you hang out with him. Yep. Well, Hang out with him. You know, like, you know, he helped her. I think he wanted more, but I do believe that He was very much like her. So that's basically how we would talk about him. And that's from what memories. My friend Spencer, he was born same time I was. And then I remember one time when I told her, just to be honest with him, she had sent me a, a picture of Spencer sitting on the couch with his head down and like his hands in the air like, oh, my God, like he couldn't believe that she just wanted like he started freaking out, she said. And that's when I knew she was, like, serious. And I was like, okay, oh, hey, Sophia, just calm down. Like, you know, I'm like, it's sad, but he really likes you, but he'll get over it. And he did. <laughs> like, it was like a, like he acted childish. Like, she, she did. Sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, they were one and the same. And I'm so glad she found it. You know what I mean? Like,
1: she never had really had any guy friends. Sophia's friendship with Spencer, by her mother's account, seemed to be more harmonious than her tempestuous dynamic with Austin. Sophia seemed very happy when she spent time with Spencer. Sophia also found happiness when she got a modeling opportunity. Sophia is 5'9", thin, and strikingly beautiful, so it is no surprise that she pursued this field. This is another thing that brought her to an all-time
2: high in her younger years, is when she, she went to do modeling and they told her she got the Danica Patrick gig, for Zane or Jade jeans or something like that. And they told Sophia she got the deal and she was going to be the um, the picture, poster behind the Danica Patrick jeans um, at Target. So you you were going to see her in the jeans and it was going to be her signature collection. But then Danica dropped out of it. And I, I, mean, I, know, I mean, I know my daughter was meant to be a superstar. <laughs> and I just think that, she, she just, she shined. So Sophia was vain in that respect. You know, she wanted to be um, Kardashian, um, but, but yet she knew she was like um, Gallagher. <laughs> I mean, she had confidence and she had like that little hillbilly in her because of her father, but like Jersey girl type. Cause I, I'm a Jersey girl, like she's a combination that no one could ever recreate. (laughs) There's just something about her, you know?
1: Sophia's issues with her boyfriend Austin escalated when he began using steroids to become more muscular. Steroids can cause severe rage outbursts, among other side effects. I wondered, was Sophia aware that Austin was using steroids?
2: Yes, she used to poke him in the ass, she would say.
1: I was also busy at
2: work I don't really remember what her um, thoughts were but more or less they were together all of the time you know since they first met on and off and then they both were working out they were both young and, and they liked to go out to the clubs and whatnot you know but they wanted to look good and and let everybody know that they look good and Sophia would just get freaking sloshed and Austin I don't think it like it was out of his comfort zone you know and she had been bossing him around all these years because he was younger then he gets on these steroids and he thinks he's going to try to contain Sophia (laughs) yeah
1: okay. The inappropriate text messages that Austin sent Sophia's mother Michelle Coupled with his abusive behavior towards Sophia, led Michelle to disapprove of the relationship. Austin wasn't speaking to Michelle. This changed on May 27th, 2018, when Sophia went missing.
2: When he called me the day she went missing, it was like he had been saying disgusting things to me. So I knew something was up with him. Like when he and Sophia would get into a fight, I would tell him off. I would be like... You know, she would be like, "Kick it out of the house, mom." <laughs> be like, Sophia, come on, knock it off. But then I would tell him, "Don't lay a hand on my daughter." Well, she hits me. It was like they were children, like brother and sister. And Sophia, like when she was younger, that's all she would talk about. I remember when she first started talking about him, like she was embarrassed to like him because he was younger than her. You know, like that's how much pride she had. And she was like, "I don't know, <laughs> he's like so young," and and that's all she kind of lived for is Austin at that time, you know, and then when Austin started doing steroids, I think that just kind of put her at a whole nother level mentally. I don't know if because they were both young or both young and immature because now I sat them both down after he sent me that stupid nonsense asking me if I want to see his chest and stuff like that, you know, like. I sat them both down and I said, enough is enough. I said, you want to go into the Marines? At the time you wanted to go to the Marines, yes. Sophia, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to go wherever he goes. I'm like, okay, do you love each other? Yes, we do. The, his mother and me, like I said, I want you in on this. She said, okay, grow up and get a life and leave us alone. Like, Stop acting like children because that's what it was. They were acting like children. And then he got mad, and that's when he texted me the stupid – no, no, no. I told his mom about that, and then he wasn't really talking to me. So, you know, he was like, you, still doing steroids. So the day he called me that afternoon, there was a a different um, tone in his voice. But in the very beginning, he's like, Michelle, like, what? And he's like, do you know where Sophia is? And I'm like, why should I know where your girlfriend's at? And he's like, Michelle, shut the f- up. Sophia's missing. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, she's supposed to meet me at the at the outlet at the outlet at one o'clock and she never met me. And you know she would never miss a never, never. And then he started panicking. Like, but it was just like, I was talking to a child at first, you know? Like, you wanna argue with me about where your girlfriend is? Like, why don't you say, hey, Michelle? Um, what you know like so even there and he to this day says how sorry he is about the way he treated us he hasn't ever crossed the line and sent anything stupid again they were all shared with his mother (laughs) well you were right to do that she didn't care for sophia as much as i didn't care for austin but we both just not gave up. We were both like, F- it. Like, yeah. just stop, you know, like, f-ing up our houses and driving over our bushes and shit and putting holes in our wall.
1: I have to say, I was pretty stunned that Austin would ever tell Michelle to shut the F up, especially under those circumstances. His aggression seemed out of control. I asked Michelle what kind of injuries Austin had inflicted upon Sophia in the past.
2: One time when... She punched him in the face and he punched her back and she posted a picture of her. She had like a broken nose. She would post everything on Facebook and whatnot. And then she'd take it down real quick, but long enough for people to be like, oh my God, you poor thing. And, but she just, the bipolar in her just didn't want to acknowledge that she was being abused. She felt like everybody was making fun of her. You know, that was sad. Yeah, like she was almost bullied because being a drama queen, you know, like posting stuff on Facebook, like everybody kind of turned against her. And because she was going back and forth with him, you know, like people would be like, "Okay, enough is enough. Now you just want attention, like stop posting in a relationship, out of a relationship, in, out, like pictures of him, and her fighting and whatnot. Like social media had a lot to do with what happened. And I don't know how to research any of that. The police went through her cell phone. She was very smart and organized. Um, she had all of her stuff in her new computer that I bought her, her, iMac, like her education. Like she was very put together. You know what I mean? Like when she everything was going okay, like Austin brought her down, but he brought her back up. And then she would bring him down and it would go back and forth, back and forth. It was just really sad.
1: Sophia's psychiatric and relationship issues boiled over one evening when she attempted suicide. After this incident, Sophia began coping with her demons with alcohol. It
2: was when she slashed her wrists a bunch of times. Just that was a cry out for help. And her and Austin and I, we went to the ER in the ambulance, all three of us together. And it wasn't like a drama scene. She didn't want to live because they had been fighting. And that's when she first started, I'm assuming timeline was she was drinking. And yeah, and that's that's what he would like tease her with, I want to go out and show off my big steroids, but I'm not bringing you, because you drink and you act like a f-ing idiot. And that brought her down and caused her to drink more rather than be strong and say, <laughs> you know, I mean, she shouldn't, but she drank because she had a problem but she didn't know what her problem was. If that makes any sense. One day she um, got so mad at him that she sped after him on our dirt road, which is a half mile. Like She went to go chase after him. And then she realized this, I'm not going to let him get the best of me. She turned around texting and driving. She slammed into a tree and almost killed herself, I totaled her car. And Sophia was very depressed when she went missing before she went missing. But She did it very well. It's just sad.
1: Next, Michelle gives more insight on the day Sophia went missing. Sophia and Austin had spent the day of May 27th relaxing at the beach. We learned that Austin and his brother Dalton planned to attend a party later that night. He told Sophia not to come because he was embarrassed by how she acted when she drank. Sophia instead hung out with Spencer. Interestingly, Austin and his brother did not end up attending this party. He told police that they were too tired, and so they stayed home that night.
2: When Austin called me that day, he started being very serious, and he said that somebody of Spencer's family said that he may have been with Sophia last night. And I said, oh shit, she may have been, and he said, we were supposed to go to a party, but I told her she couldn't come because the way she drinks. And then she said, that's fine. I'm going fishing with Spencer. And he goes, that's it. And I said, well, just meet me at the outlets tomorrow. Like they were okay. You know what I mean? Like he knew she was okay. And that was, I think that made her feel really good because he had broken up with the woman that he had met. And, you know, she kind of just said, I get it. I act like a f- idiot when i drink so if you want to go to the stupid party go ahead we're want to do something <laughs> and they would go her and spencer would like go fishing but it always involved drinking getting completely hammered like they would go fishing and then one night he got pulled over for drunk driving and he flipped the f- out and sophia she would always call me mom mom this just happened and i had to drive his car home and what do i do i'm like well f- find his uncle and she's like what do i do i go google it and then she'd, you know, get back to me. I think I was at work. And I mean, they were just like Bonnie and Clyde. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to anyone that died. Austin said, check your phone. I said, I'll call you right back. I checked my phone because Gracie was playing with it in the morning. I didn't look at it because back in the day and whatever. I wasn't into my phone. And so we went swimming all day. And then Austin told me, look at my phone. I said, OK, I'll call you right back because I... Can't do two things at once. And I called the missed numbers 205, 206, 207, 208, 208, 208, and 209 a.m. I had all those missed calls and I called the number and it went directly to voicemail. And it said it, it all came, it hit me at once. I saw, I remember it was a Florida number, Spencer's from Florida. And then I heard this Spencer and went right to voicemail. And I'm like, oh, f-. and then I called Austin back and that's like, he, he said, he goes, something's wrong, Michelle. And I said, well, get over here, meet me at where I was staying. I said, and um, I'll call the police. You call, start calling hospitals, but I even said, don't text and drive. And then he came over and um, I don't remember much, but I was just really sad. I do believe there's two pictures and one video. Yeah, it's like two, two o'clock. And then the phone calls, something had to have happened. Like, obviously wasn't while they were on that boat, right? You know, I don't know. They got to Ledgelight. She posted. Or he, Spencer must have taken the picture of her with no trespassing and she's smiling I love that picture You know, and then there was I think one of him on Snapchat and she wrote something about it and then the video I don't know when the video was taken is what I'm saying but according to the phone calls something happened. Bad, something bad was happening starting at 205 regardless of what was posted anywhere something bad started to happen that's how I think Something was wrong. I don't know. Something something happened, and I, I don't think it was good. Whatever it was,
1: Spencer Mugford was found deceased in the Long Island Sound nine days after he and Sophia went missing. His cause of death is not specifically listed publicly, though many assume he drowned. I asked Michelle if she was privy to how Spencer died. Randy Silvestri, state police, said
2: and what they could release to me, the police. And they said there was alcohol involved. But then there was another one that only his parents had privy to, uh, and they never informed me of what happened with that.
1: If you have any information about what happened to Spencer Mugford and Sophia McKenna on May 27th, 2018, please contact the Connecticut State Police at 860-848-6532. Thank you for listening to part two of our series on missing Sophia McKenna. Please subscribe to our channel for future episodes regarding this case. You can also keep up with True Crime Twins on social media. Our TikTok is True Crime Twins, our Twitter is True Crime Twins, and our Instagram is True Crime Twins Podcast. That was Michelle McKenna sharing her story, sharing Sophia's story. Tomorrow, Friday, We have our third part of our series on Sophia McKenna's disappearance, where we are discussing what we've learned now, some misconceptions kind of being cleared up. We also read primary sources that aren't publicly readily available. I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge how amazing I think Michelle is and how thankful I am for my sister for actually being able to establish this connection and making it so Michelle was so open with us. I think that her honesty is extremely humbling because she's talking about things that people just do not talk about and it's brave. And I feel like I really kind of get her. She's brave. She's strong. And honestly, our rapport came pretty natural. I think we had a connection. Pretty quickly, and we're gonna do whatever we can to help her. And if you have any information on the disappearance of Sophia McKenna, please contact the Connecticut State Police. If you would like to hear more about the case, please subscribe to the True Crime Twins podcast feeds anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want more True Crime Twins, please follow us on social media. We have fun on TikTok at True Crime Twins. That's also our handle on Twitter. Our Instagram is True Crime Twins Podcast, and you can also email us at truecrimetwinspodcast.gmail.com. We want to thank Timmy and Lancey for this amazing opportunity. We had so much fun guest hosting missing.